Sam, 92, who came from Walsall, said, We knew we were going somewhere nice, and the war was got over, so we didn't matter where we were going. But when we were told we were go do going to England, it was like going from hell to heaven. It was a phenomenal, delightful, tremendous. Alaric, 91, originally from S-E-I-E-R-A-D-Z, Sarah said, I can remember a bus is waiting for us to take us to the whole promised land, to Win Windermere. Finally, we wasn't, we wasn't guarded. We were free. We had food. It was a wonderful time for us. We really started living in Windermere, slowly. We had no parents, no brothers, no, no sisters, nobody. Every one of us was on our own. But I started feeling like a human being again. That's what Windermere did to me. The Windermere Project, as it was known, was a vision of philanthropist Leonard Montefiore, who headed the Central British Fund, helping Jewish people in need. He had led the rescue of 10,000 Jewish children from Europe as part of the Kinder Transport Project in the run-up to the war, breaking out in 1939. At the end of the conflict, he visited the Nazi death camps and saw how children were among the worst victims of the final solution. He decided to give them a new life in Britain, a rehabilitation for the trauma they had endured. The suffering the Windermere children had been through is almost unimaginable. Ike, who was born in Oslo, was just a teenager when he was put in outside Auschwitz. He still haunted by the memories. He said, at night we could see the chimney blowing from the crematorium 24 hours a day. Those chimneys were spewing stench. You think, I hope it's not me tomorrow. On the day our camp was liberated, we were due to be exterminated the following morning. Harry, 92, came from Zolnowvik, recalls the day he was taken away in a cattle track to a concentration camp. He said one of the women in the truck became hysterical and started screaming. They stopped the truck, dragged her out and shot her. By the time of the liberation, I was getting really, really ill. I wasn't, I couldn't talk. My whole body was in a spasm. If the war had gone on another day, I wouldn't have been alive. Even after liberation, Ned knew he had to act fast to get the children out of Eastern Europe. Where despite the Nazi defeat, anti-assessments Sentimentalism was still rife. He secured donations for the British Jewish population and persuaded UK government to issue two-year visas for the first batch of 300 children to come to the UK. The location in Cumbria was suggested by ministers. It's a former factory that built seaplanes and numerous chalets where the workers had lived. In August 1945, the children arrived in 10 RAF Stirling Bomber aircraft from Prague. The shallots were quickly converted and furnished. Though the facilities were basic, they seemed like latteries to the boys. Ike Weeps had caused the shock of not having to sleep in wooden bunks or on bare floors. He says there was a bed with blank sheets on them, cushions, blankets to cover yourself with. We slept and slept. Ben Hollogrot, Hofgrot, 90, who came from Ped, fled, Pad Black niece said I had a room to myself. It was lovely. I had a bed at bedside table. I started living. The next day they entered the dining room. Their bowls of bread were placed in front of them. 
Agate said, as a women were cutting the bread, the children were taking it off the plate just as quickly. Some hid it under the mattresses because they thought they'd never have it again. Mike added, we didn't know when we were going to get our next meal. That was in our brains. So these are boys, mainly suffering from tocobosis and tiflis, with nerves back to health. They were given clean clothes and taught English. Like normal teenage boys, they started to enjoy the freedom of the idyllic location and learned the ultimate skill for integrating into British society, football. Eric added, we need to go into the lake on a warm day to swim, start climbing mountains. I was absolutely fantastic. I loved every moment of being there. But it wasn't all bliss. One by one, the boys and girls discovered that almost all their families had been wiped out by the Nazis. Eric said, I asked us about this cross, if, it, if any of my family was alive. They came back later and said nobody. I lost about 80 people in the war. My whole family was wiped out. Instead of the five boys created their own family. Harry said, it's important for us to be the boys because that was the only family we were we had here. I had nobody else here except the boys. The boys are part of my family. I added, after we lost everything else, they're, they're the nearest thing to the family. The BBC2 drama, which aired on the 975th anniversary, Liberation of Outfits on January 27th, also shows how the children had an expert team looking after them. Aside from Leonard, there was a man that put in charge of the project, Oscar Friedman. Tough love came from the PE teacher, Jock Lawrence and a psychologist analysis from artist Marie Hanesh, who got the children to express their emotions through painting. Within six months of arriving, all the children had been dispersed in big cities, London, Manchester, Liverpool and Glasgow, while the government decided they could stay in the country. Though they received occasional bits of money from Leonard, he believed they should stand on their own feet. He prayed the skills learned in the Lake District would stand in a good stead. He was proved right. Ben, who received a knighthood for educating people, the Holocaust represented Britain in weightlifting at the 1956 Olympics. He said, I've been a British champion for seven years. I went all over the world. I was captain of the British team from 1956 to 1960. But the greatest pleasure I could have have are my children and my wife and my grandchildren. Most of the men went on to have large families. Harry, who became a dentist, says, I've got two sons, two daughters, and eight grandchildren. They all turned, I'm most proud of how who turned out. Eric, who had a large family, came an electrician and was awarded an MBE for services to education. He said, if you get what happened, it can happen again. If you forget what happened, it can happen again. This is, to me, important. And I tried to teach young people to take respect, to be kind, and so on. Mike went into the jewelry business. He said, I had the largest trade in Manchester. Sam also experienced the joy of his children and grandchildren, but they were also reminded of what he'd gone through. He said, I think, how could they do these things to them? The, largest, the greatest legacy of the Women to Me project, in a sense of gratitude, all the men now, Britain saved their lives in 1945. Mike said, now I belong, now I belong, I belong in a country gives me the freedom to express myself. I am an equal. Harry added, we had to build a new life. Being British, 
means being a human again. Check out the Windermere Children on BBC Two on January 27th.